so much. Alright guys, thanks thanks for listening thus far and welcome to episode 5 of Life's a Mitch. Uh, today I'm doing something a bit different. Um, so last week's episode was with Andrew and caught up with him and spoke a little bit about you know, dating in the 21st century as a as a man who is attracted to men of the same sex, so in a homosexual relationship as he called it. Uh, so today, doing something different, I've got an interesting friend who lives up here in the gorgeous Port Macquarie. And how we know each other is um, we worked together in a resort in the Blue Mountains. I was there for you know three to four months, and so not very long, but in that time I made some friends, and um, that was five years ago, and um, still in contact with this gentleman. So, friend, would you mind uh, introducing yourself, telling us a bit about yourself? Yeah, g'day, I'm Carl. And you're right, we did meet uh, at a luxury resort and spa. Um, I kind of feel like when you live at work and you have a shared... Um, I don't know how to put it, like a shared adversity, you make friends really quickly, you have a shared common goal, you have shared accommodation really, and you know, you meet people who are the same frame of mind that like a couple of beers and just like hanging out and talking shit, and that's how easy it is to make buddies. It was, it's kind of so like for those who haven't worked in a, like a hospitality isolated isolated hospitality yeah. uh, community before it's kind of like because ho- staff turnover is quite high and the said resort we worked at was quite luxurious and reputable and it's not it's not sort of uncommon for staff turnover to go you know pretty high mm. so I was there about four months and apparently that's about standard for people in that industry and you had people doing visas from overseas so it was kind of like it's own micro community yes I mean I in my time, I met people there, probably six or seven different nationalities. And you were there for what, Carl? Eight years or something? Yes, you? I was there for eight years. However, I did spend the majority of my time living in that shithole we call Lithgow. <laughs> about a 45-minute drive from the resort. Unfortunately for people that lived at the resort, you know, just to go for a Macca's run or a beer run, it'd take them an hour and a half or, you know, something yeah. stupid like that. And then you're going to run over three or four kangaroos on the way in and out as well. <laughs> So it was quite isolating. Which is ironic because it was a conservation resort too. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, that's what it was. So it's about 30 clicks out of Lithgow, one way in, one way out. Um, really shocking road as well. It's got more twists and more twists and turns than a Monty Python film. <laughs> this is true. I'll tell you. Um, so I guess you can say the best part about Lithgow is the view in the rear vision mirror as you're driving away from the joint. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Lithgow's one of those towns. It's kind of like Kempsey up this way. If you're there and you drive 10 or 20 minutes out either side of the place, it's beautiful, pristine wilderness. You know, amazing places to to hike and to bike. But, like, to sell that as a tourist destination, hey, <laughs> come to Lithgow, go away for a couple of minutes, and then come back. just doesn't work. So I, I guess you could sort of done like a, a Milo sort of ad, you should just lift, go and go and go. <laughs> <laughs> lift, go, go and go. Oh, that was a good joke, Mitch. That was oh, good. Well done. Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't really mind my time there. It was an, it's, a, it's a coal mining t- town that doesn't really have a coal mine anymore, you know? There's like two undergrounds left? Uh, yeah. Or something but, like that? You know, there's a lot of coal mining families there that um, don't have jobs anymore. Technology's sort of taken away and environmentalists uh, stopped mining, which is a good thing. Um, so there's a lot of, mm. um, uh, I don't know, like Centrelink dependency and things like that. Also, what, what the town has going for it is that... Uh, 
It's on the Sydney train line. It's the last stop. So unfortunately, if you're in Western Sydney and you're desperate for a house, there's heaps of housing commission at Lithgow, and it's on the train line. So you know what? There you go. A message brought to you from there from a former resident. <laughs> uh, it's going through a little bit of a gentrification stage at the moment. You know, they've got a funky barbers now and, uh, you know, little coffee shops. There used to be like a whole crap load of pubs in that town. Now you've got the Lithgow Workies, which I might add is Australia's oldest registered club. Well, there you go. Does a good roast on a Sunday. I've had lamb and jelly, yep. lamb mint and jelly there a few times. Thirteen fifty back in the day. Wait, I went there and ordered a medium steak. They said to me they only come in the one size. <laughs> is that a joke? Or that's a... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's what happens. Uh, Lithgow was fun, um, but getting back to the point, we worked. In, as I said, you drive a few minutes outside of Lithgow, pristine, beautiful national park, uh, right in the middle of the Wollamai Pine National Forest. That's right, and you got home of the red. Oh, what is it? The, the what's what's the name of the ancient pine there? It's the oh, the Wollamai Pine. The Wollamai Pine. That, so, was the, that was the whole logo of the resort. Mitch you used to wear it on a uniform. So the Wollamai Pine, for those of you who are unaware, it's prehistoric. It's pre- and it's it, the actual location of it is unknown to the public, but it's prehistoric and it predates back to the trip. Triassic, Jurassic period. The yeah. effort they went through to save that little grove during the bushfires that went through there. And yeah. they did save that grove. That's good. So, so December 2019, fire ravaged through yeah. sort of Capity Valley, Walgan Valley, Lithgow. Um, you know, I, I still have some friends that worked there at the time and you'd see the, the photos posted up of just how close the fire come to some of the living quarters there. And, uh, and it's like, shit's scary. Like my sphincter would have been clenched the whole time. Yeah, there was a few blokes. Shout out to you guys that stayed down there and fought the fires. You know yeah. who you are. Um, and some of the social media posts that they put out were just shocking at the time. You know, imagine living in that smoke haze for days. Like, yeah, it would have been absolutely foul. Absolutely, heart goes out to those you know who spend a living, spend their spare time, whether you're a volunteer, whether you're a full timer, or whoever. Saving lives, saving properties, doing your thing. Much respect. So, like, you yourself are from sort of that part of the world. I'm from, uh, yeah, Central West, from a little town called Millthorpe near Orange. Grew up there, beautiful place to, to grow up, and is still a beautiful place. It's um, It's gone through its own little reinvention. When I was coming through in the 80s, it was um, a bit of a shithole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Uh, they choked on my drink, then. But then... <laughs> Like, it has this Victorian old world charm. Like, it's very historical. A lot of people, a lot smarter than the other people around there in the 80s, came in and saw these beautiful old homes and bluestone stuff and, uh, like, we did them. And there's a crap load of Airbnbs there and a crap load. They've got a Hatted restaurant. Well, it was Hatted. Tonic in Millthorpe there. Shout out. How you going, Tony? Um, <laughs> you know, and they've got a couple of nice places to eat and drink and, and uh, now we get these... Sydneyites that come up, they want a weekend in the cold for some reason. They want to sit next to a fire. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's like romantic. They come up, they, they rent that Airbnb for the week and they, you know, chuff around Millthorpe and check out the, uh, you know, galleries and the wine, wineries and things like that. It's actually quite a really nice place to be now. And it's, it's, it's like a niche part of the world. You've got, as you said, wineries, orange, bath is somewhat mudgy, you know, 
You get all, all these. Mudgee, not so much. Mudgee and Orange are sort of the same distance from Orange from Sydney. Yeah, uh, it's just you've got that big goat track through Hill End to try and get <laughs> Mudgee from Orange, so you've got to go long ways. Well, I can see the appeal. Like it's it's the same where I'm from. So I'm north of where Sydney is, where you were from the west. Mm. You know that two hour, and you got you know wineries and all that stuff. So you know, I mean, I've never lived in the city, but I definitely understand where someone might come from wanting to get away. I guess from mm-hmm. the rat race and oh, it's shocking. I spent a bit of time in North Parramatta, and this was like years ago. The population there's doubled now. Oh. It's ridiculous. I've been back there to visit. It's horrible. Couldn't do it. Yeah, shout outs to all those city dwellers. If anyone actually listens to this, I don't, I don't even. I think I'm five episodes in. I've got 110 listeners on Spotify <laughs> so far. Oh well, next time you're sitting on the M4 or the M7 in the car park, just chuck on Mitch, bitching with Mitchy or whatever. What's it called? Life's a Mitch. Life's a Mitch. Sorry, we'll have a bitchy with Mitchy. Yeah, that's later. Later on, we'll still do that thing where we cast aside what our conversation is, have a good old whinge about something. You know, so Carl's been quite hospitable, uh, a veteran of the industry, and uh, <laughs> he's. As soon as I get here, we sit down after we finally got set up. Like you got a cold beer. It's currently one thirty-eight on a Friday afternoon, and life is good. Life is isn't certainly a Mitch right now. <laughs> so like, so the the premise is loosely to speak about dating histories. Dating histories. Now you're a you're at the moment. What's your well, current I'm status? Single. And I'm single at the moment. Yeah. Um. I've been. Uh, I don't know. I've been looking at um, you know, Tinder and and things like this, and I'm just. I don't know. I've signed up to a couple. Don't get me wrong, but. I just don't get it. You don't get it? I just don't get it. So, you're, can we ask you your age? 42. So, you're a, you're a young, handsome buck. Tall, strapping oh, I don't lad. know. I, I'm looking around. The, the birds of my age these days, um, they obviously come with a fair bit of baggage, which I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Like, yeah. I don't mind kids and that sort of stuff. But there's a reason that we're single, Mitch. <laughs> I'm single because I've got a fat head. Well, you know, well, not... We, I mean, as in the ladies and us, a lot of these ladies come and they're just batshit crazy, mate. I've been some of the worst fucking dates of my life. Oh, can you tell us a dating fail? I'll tell you. Oh, I've dating fail, myself. right. So I've, I've rocked out to see this woman. Uh, Was this up here? Yeah, I'm not going to say where, I'm not going to say who. Uh, but yeah, I'm, we're not going to name names. We're not gonna, I'm not even going to name because location, they'll know exactly. But I've, I've turned up to this thing. You know, it was a little bit of a drive and I'm excited. I'm, I'm rocking up and I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be great. This bird has the best profile picture ever. Like, gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Looking good. Like, well, not gorgeous, gorgeous, but, you know, in my radar, a little bit younger than me as well. I'm fine. Anyway, Nothing I, like a bit of Silver Fox action. <laughs> so I've rocked in there and we've had a coffee and she was one of those ones that just, I don't know, one of those people, I don't mind people if they want to just talk all the time, but the subject matter is really important. And she just talked to me about... That was, a, that was me. <laughs> me as a chick. You as a chick. So oh, Fucking hell, poor thing. You know those red flags you look for when you... When you first go, you know, and I'm not going there to just have hookup. I'm going there for a relationship. You You're know? a genuine dude. Genuine. So we've rocked up there and she starts talking about how she's just broken up with her ex. Like a couple of weeks ago. Straight up red flag. Red flag. Yeah, that's one. Well, you're okay. allowed, I, you know, I think you're allowed to talk about it, but as long as it's not constantly about the ex. There you go. Then, we you know, she was, she's saying that she's just moved to the area and she's looking for a job. 
Uh, I say, what do you do? She says, oh, I'm in security, but maybe not for much longer. Sounds like she was very insecurity. Hi, oh. <laughs> uh, well, you know, she was insecurity. And then she says to me, my good. ex is taking me to court for assault, knowing that I will lose my security license when I am convicted. Holy shit. Red flag number two. Obviously, he's guilty. He's admitting that she did assault this man. And she's blaming him, saying that she's the victim because she's going to lose her job. Oh, wow. wow. That's red flag number two. I hit, I hit the pedestrian, but he walked in, my, in the front of my car. Pretty much. Right. Wow. So now we'll move on to red flag number three. <laughs> and at so, this point, were you just like, I need an excuse to get out of here? Or? Yeah, pretty much. But silly me picked a, a day where I didn't know anyone. I needed someone to call me or something. But this, this, it goes on, right? She starts talking about her son who's doing the HSC. This is last year. And she has left him in this town where she was from. She's left him in an apartment by himself to do the HSC. One of the most stressful things that a young person has to do. I'm thinking... What, to live full-time by himself? Yeah. Oh, not just she popped out for the day? No. Live full-time by himself. Yeah, that's fucked up. What do you think that kid's going to be a freaking mess? He ain't doing well, no he's, HSC. He's going to get himself... Uh, he's certainly not going to be appearing, you know... Mother of the Year Weekly. No, you're not going to get any of that support. Something that's not the red flag. Then she talked about her other child, right? And the other child... This is red flag number four. The other child, <laughs> the daughter, has refused to move to this part of the world with her and wants to stay with the dad whom this woman assaulted. Now, that just... Uh, oh, well, allegedly. That just said everything to me. All allegedly. That, and that's allegedly. But that's four red flags. Now, I'm trying to change the subject there. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get off the family and, you know, just to get through this and, you know, finish up the coffee and, and be on my merry way. Yeah. Then she starts talking about her mental health issues. Now, I'm okay <laughs> with talking about mental health. I have no problems with this. If you're a good friend of mine, I am. I'm probably one of the best people yeah, to you talk are, to. Yeah, you about. are good to talk to. I've come to you a few times. Right. Can vouch for that, ladies. But I'm not going to do that on a first-time coffee date. That's ridiculous. And then Sorry. she also started bitching about how the doctor that she saw wouldn't give her the medication that she needs for said issues. I'm just going, this is, that's not, that's it. Like, I should have just walked away halfway through. Oh, I'm too nice. Anyway, I drove away from, I drove in there all confident, all happy, like this is going to be great. I drove out of there... You know, speeding, white knuckles on steering right, wheel. So like, you enter what? his Elmo, leave his Oscar the Grouch. Fucking oath. <laughs> Bang on. That is, that is got to be one of, you know, I'm probably, it's my fault. I'm too nice. I've, uh, no such thing as nice. I don't know. Because that's always been me as well. <sighs> anyway, that's, yeah, that's probably the worst date that I've ever been on. I, um, well, I told Lion last week when I was in the UK, when I first got there and trying to make friends so I met a girl for coffee and conversation was going well and she hit me up for money she's like oh, you spot me 40 quid I'm short rent money this week I'm like no, <laughs> no I, sorry what <laughs> just hello I'm Carl like, give me 40 dollars I mean how how nice must I be just to be like just to ask her rent she might do it all the time don't know shout outs to her I hope it all works out and that stupid orange fake tan you've got so <laughs> Um, so I had when I was um, so I've been single now between my last two relationships so I was single for about two and a half years in that time 
and this one particular girl I met in a coffee shop in Newcastle. It's going well, she's telling me about her little daughter. Now initially, um, when I first met this girl, on her Tinder profile, I didn't say that she had any kids. And it wasn't an issue that she did, it just sort of caught me off guard. And now uh, we spoke for, you know, a, a few, you know, I don't know, texting for however long we finally got to meet, and then out of the blue, she just sort of whipped her phone out and like, oh, I've got a daughter, which, to which it sort of hit me back, so, and this is a later insert, I realised I didn't mention this, so... Apologies for the crappy editing. Yeah, just sort of getting at the fact that, you know, she just started showing me pictures of her daughter and stuff, and it sort of got me off guard. Anyways, is what it is. So, yeah. So, her daughter was like four or five. She was in her early 30s, so around my age at the time. And talking about red flags, it's like, well, I always go in optimistic, like yourself, and I'm just conscientious of how much I share, because, you know, the idea is to not, it's all obviously to be honest. Yes. Be open, but you don't want to divulge too much crazy. At once, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's and something that, you know, <laughs> uh, as part of my example, that was far too much crazy straight up. I, yeah. If she had been completely different, honestly, I would have found that stuff out eventually, but it would have been fun finding out and it would have taken a bit longer. And like, I tend to go for someone who's been single at least, like, if someone's looking for a few months, chances are that person could be very codependent and just can't handle being single. True. Um, in my time, I've been I live by myself, like, like you, you live by yourself, and you learn. Or I fell in love with myself. Or I know what I like. I know what I'm all about. Um, you know, and you learn those sort of. Things. I know that the kind of person I want now. You know, you learn from your heartbreak and your mistakes and all that and stuff. And um, excuse me, that burps went up my nose. It smells like yuck. <laughs> and um, rushes like the rushes. <laughs> yeah. So Carl is a member here. The rushes. Oh, that's right. Member 2140, shout out to the Rushes Appreciation Society. That's what we're on to now, the old silver bullets. <laughs> Thanks, boys. I love it. You want to drink specials? Rip in your rushes. Yeah, oh, well, you know. So, well, yeah, it's another thing. People call it rushes, but actually the guy's name was Edmund Reeshes. Oh, a message brought to you by Tui's. <laughs> no, it's actually CUB that's been <laughs> making this shit. Anyway, <laughs> so, Reeshes... Reaches, it's okay. the actual correct pronunciation, but a lot of people will say rashes. Don't let the reach off the leash. Rip it in your son. There you go. Are you from India? Get this India. <laughs> so, okay, so back to Seth's so story, a bit of a tangent there. I should call this the Geometry Show because there are tangents everywhere. Mm. Um, so... We'll call in... Is it Pythagoras that does Pythagoras it? Pythagoras' theorem, yeah. That's Triangles triangles. for days. Cos sin tan. Oh, I got this man. You know, in maths. Oof. Bring him back. So I'm a pun apprentice. Carl is the master. No, well, that's not fair. You at least teach the course. Oh, okay, yes, but a lot of my puns are prop, uh, you know, induced. Okay, well. So, like, if I'm, I'm working in a hospitality situation, you know, if I'm walking to the bar and need to stock, restock, like, the, you know, the straws for the, for the straw holder, yeah. I'll walk up. And I'll say to someone, sometimes I try to come up with puns, but I'm just grasping at straws as I'm <laughs> holding the straws in my hand. This is the type of pun. There's, I need, like... Does anyone ever go, Carl, that's the last straw? All man. the time. <laughs> <laughs> all the, my, you know that shake of the head? I get off on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Their tears nourish that, me. That, they don't understand. That's my, that's my lube. That's my, <laughs> that's my orgasm face. That's just rin, tin, 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 splurt. Damn. <laughs> um... So, okay, so this girl I met, tell me about her daughter, nice girl, or show me a picture, I think the daughter was three or four or something, starting a hot primary school year after, or whatever it was, cool, going well, had some similarities and stuff, and but like, 
one thing that did sort of get me because we I generally speak for someone for a week or two, maybe a phone call just to see if there's like chemistry and it'll go. Saves you a trip to a coffee shop and you know. She didn't actually mention in the first place that she had a kid, whether that was embarrassment, whether it was like people in her past that like had been sort of thrown off by that. I don't know. I'd say that, that that's probably... It's not embarrassment. Obviously, they're part of their child. Like, you want to get to know someone before you know their baggage. Sometimes people are straight up about that, and it throws people off. At least she got you into it. Well, I, I, you know, talking to her, she was like, I'm so upfront, you know. And the, the, the meet-up was predicated on the fact that we both agreed, just to be honest. And I asked her, I said, how come you didn't mention the kid? Oh. And, oh, no, just not in an aggressive way, I was just talking. I said, oh, you didn't mention that, how come? And she said, oh, you know, you'd be surprised that a lot of people are thrown off by that. And I said, look, I'm not thrown off, by all means. I'm a kid of a broken family. I've got I've got step family, I like parents, and I'm very lucky. And I'm not against dating someone with a kid, otherwise I wouldn't be here. But the issue was, like, I, you know, you said you're up front, but you didn't have the confidence to, to bring yourself to do that. And it's got me wondering, like... Wow, so you started psychoanalyzing it straight mm, on the I, first day. I wasn't, I wasn't an arsehole, but, like, I can't... No, but it, yes, but... I couldn't, I couldn't move forward with someone from the word go who's not honest. Maybe there's a difference between being honest and just withholding information. Oh, and, and it was, we delved a bit deeper, and we, like, we had a good chat for a good hour and a half, just coffee, and we had our second coffee. And we actually went out for dinner, because, like, we got, like, we, she's like, well, I'm insecure and stuff. Okay, fair enough, no worries, I get it, you're human. And we, pardon me again, this beer's flying through me. And um, she, yeah, after we went for dinner, I just realised that she was after something different than I. So I was, you know, I said, I'm into travelling and adventuring and... But that's why you go on these things. Yeah, and there was there was no, like, issues with it. It's just that, I guess, the thing was, like, going into it with an open mindset and then straight up, I didn't, you know, call her on a lie per se, but sort of like, well, why didn't you mention that? I don't know, anyway. So, yeah, that was one of my, I guess, call it fails. But I'm trying to be PC. There's more I've got worse ones, but that might be delved into another time. Mate, you've got a lot of content for <laughs> future podcasts. I, 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 I have got... Do I tell the one about the one who on the beach, her and I hooked up on the beach? No, this is supposed to be like, you know, a podcast and, and stuff about about that. But that's something that you, you, you would tease your listeners for next week. <laughs> I'm not a tease, I'm a one and done. <laughs> tease the shit out of them. So there was a, <laughs> at school, at high school. Wait a minute, wait, do I need to get a beer for this? Yeah, if you want to. So while he's getting a beer... They were at school, I went to school. There's a guy named Pagey in my year, absolute crack up. Shout out, he's the one who gave me the original nickname, Mitty. Anyway, so Pagey is a bit of, he's a funny dude. And there was a girl at our school, I won't name her, and um, she was known to be a little bit of a worse morals. Yeah, worse morals than some of us. And um, you I'm know, down with that. she might have gave it away at age 14 for a loaf of bread. Thank you. That that sound was a nice cold rushes. Shout outs being dropped beside us. So Let's see how that sounds. Oh, that that opening sound, that all that stuff from the can straight on my laptop. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so Paigey um, was talking to this girl, and uh, she just broken up with the other guys in our year. And Paigey's you know tall, lean, and I guess some would consider handsome. And she she asked him out, and he just said to her, he said, "No, Dale." You're as easy as two minute noodles. There's no way. <laughs> this, is, this is a 16 year old. And not long after, he met his still current girlfriend, so the high school sweetheart to this day. Mm. So, still. still it sounds like a man who knew what he was doing kick, from a young age. Kicking strong. Uh, he's always kicking. The old Pagey. Him and I don't catch up much anymore, but 
um, yeah, I just that was one of the best calls I'd ever heard, and um, yeah, one of the Tinder dates I come across happened to be. I just call him Maggie. Maggie too. <laughs> so you met up with Maggie. In my head, it was just Maggie. And, and you and Maggie went down the beach at Newey, and uh... so Newey's got a like a like a, a like a lighthouse, a break wall, and there's a little section of beach at night time. No one really goes. Mm. And I, by the time my arse indent was in the sand, oh, I'm getting a phone call. It was, Sorry, it was done and done. That's right. You can enter that. So yeah, don't really want to go into too much detail about it, but um, yeah, my. My arse indent was left in the sand, and um, to this day, there's probably still a little bit of Mitch swimming around in the sand. There. <laughs> uh, go. But uh, Maggie, she she uh, her and I dated for a few months. Shout out to Maggie. Good on you, Maggie. You champion. Now I had a few friends tell me from the first episode that I might just want to be careful with some of the content I put out there because I tell some stories about banging, but I just I'll have to not go into too much detail. <laughs> I'm sure Maggie knows who she is. Miss you, Madge. <laughs> Good girl. It wasn't even close to what her name was, but so yeah. Um, so I don't know whether to um, keep these episodes going for as long as they have been, or restricting the size in terms of length. But I can come back for another guest spot. Yeah, for sure. You can oh, be yeah. on location in Port Macquarie anytime you want. You're more than welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the old uh, the hospitality. But, like, I think it's important. So this whole thing has been a great excuse to um, to catch up with people. And I got halfway through Andrew's episode last week and I lost about 40 minutes of content and it pissed me off. So that'll be episode four released after this one, which happens to be episode five. So that'll actually, happen at some stage. Oh, good. But if we're, if we're going to wrap up, I just want to... Well, not yet. We won't, but... Well, no, I'm going to do a shout-out to my mate, Emma Jane Holmes. She's released a book this week. It's called One Last Dance. Now... Emma's a beautiful human being, loved her. Yep. Um, How do you know Emma? Well, I worked with her for a little while at, at a club up here. But basically, she was a mortician, you know, uh, looking after dead bodies and stuff like that, getting yeah, ready right. for burial. Um, dead. She ran into a few issues. Dead so set. I'm sure that the... Yeah, de- dead set. Well, wait, it gets better. So she ran into a few issues um, and needed some cash and knew a few people and got a job as a stripper. So she was... The the tag for the book is My Life in Mortuary Scrubs and G-Strings. Interesting. Two very, very unique and interesting worlds all in one book. I guess she dealt with a few stiffs in her time. <laughs> in more ways than one. Yeah, well, you know... I'm, I'm, I haven't read this book yet, though. I'm dying. It only arrived yesterday, and I still haven't cracked it open. But, it, like, am is I, it if a, you're there, Is it a scratch out? and stiff kind of book? Oh, I'm <laughs> devastated that it's not a picture book. I mean, if you want to look at dead bodies, go for your life, Jim. Yeah, no, that, that was good because you got the stiffs and the old <laughs> stiff, if you know what I'm saying. Cool. Multi-layered joke. That was great. I oh, know. I'm fantastic. <laughs> Stop, drop, and roll. Carly, you're on fire, champion. So, One Last Dance by Emma Jane Holmes. Mm. My life in mortuary, in mortuary scrubs and g-strings. Mort- oh, my life in mortuary scrubs and g-strings. Actually, that would be an interesting read. Well, th- I'm dying to look, but I've cracked a beer now, so you know, we all know where that's going to happen. Tomorrow morning, I'll get into it. Yeah, one beer's been cracked. We'll get into it next year. <laughs> and by Minana, then, she, Minana. by then she would have written about written about, written or written written wrote well, written. She used to do a blog, which is um, you know where this 
book ideas come from. So she's out there. She's good. Well, maybe I should start. She did have a little. Block. She's done some. She she was on the Channel Ten morning thing. She was she was on the project on last Sunday. I need to get her on this. That's what I should. I need like yourself. I need interesting people on here. Yeah. Well. When she's done with the media circus that's now currently surrounding her, because she's everywhere. I mean, I know I'm a small-time idiot. Still out there. I'm giving her a plug because she's a mate of mine. Nah, sweet. Well, and I'll I'll put a link in the bio underneath. And I'm actually getting a reoccurring guest. So, bef- a bonus episode I put out last week. There was a I saw a clairvoyant. Oh. And um, now I'm somewhat spiritual. I've had hit and miss with these ones. I've only ever seen one clairvoyant. Katrina Jane, shout out. She was awesome. Lovely lady. And um, I guess the reason I did was because she's a motivational speaker and she's a bit of a life coach too. Cool. And I sort of like feeling stuck. As I said, I was at a bit of a crossroads career-wise, relationship-wise, just not knowing where to go. And she said that she started putting me on this because one thing I always want to do is get in the media and the recurring joke is I've got a head for it. I know. Shout outs to every single person that knows me. Cheers, guys. Still hurts. And, um, yeah, she suggested, like, why don't you put something together? So she's actually going to... I'm sitting down with a Zoom call with her on Monday. Ooh, interesting. And she's got 30,000 followers on on Facebook, so I'm hoping we can get some content out there and then get her to share it and put it out in the universe and see what happens. Good luck, man. Cheers. I hope that works for you. And something else has happened this week. What happened this week? I, on Monday, I've been talking about doing something with SBS. <laughs> so we're down there. <laughs> Pardon me again. Oh man, these rushes are just absolutely. Oh, just... grow up! <laughs> no, I was going to compliment them. You interrupting fool. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> going to say they're doing they're doing everything for me, but they are destroying my nose hairs. <laughs> Fairly good. So yeah, you, like I guess you can say I've, I've got a can-do attitude. Cheers. Oh, he's on fire. <laughs> That's yeah. This episode is going to be called not punny at all. <laughs> and um, so yeah, so hopefully we can have a chat with her. So SBS. Went down and filmed a game show. I was a contestant on the game show at Mastermind. Wow. Shout outs. And you pick, so I don't know if you're familiar with how it works. There's two rounds, four contestants. First round is two minutes of your topic of choice. I chose the show Scrubs because I love me some Scrubs. Mm-hmm. Like doof, 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 just Hank rocks up downstairs. And um, wow, let's have a go at the ghetto rattle in that Camry. <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> Oh. oh, I had a mate who had a Hyundai, and uh, he I've had, got one of those too. No, no, this was one of the real bad ones. The wheel used to fall off, but he would have he had one of those massive like boom bass speakers in the like boot of it, subs and amp in the back, subs and amp. But he would have it that loud. The rear vision mirrors would stick to the actual window, and it would vibrate that much that wow. it would actually put cracks in his windscreen. And it happened three and four times. He must have been playing some like. Darude Sandstorm or something. This was back in the day. I gave him a... Uh, well, you know, do you remember Fat Boy Slim? Fat Man Scoop. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's Fat Boy Slim. Fat Boy Slim. Oh, yeah. Fat Boy Slim. Yeah. Just I do remember him. You, you're joking. Yeah. yeah the Rockefeller Skank? Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I'm, just so I'm number one, baby. So, yeah, we got him into that, and it was just like... I want to praise you like yeah. Cashew. Is that yeah. that's one of his, yeah? Old Norman Cook. I want to praise that's, you. That's who Fat Wish is. Yeah. Look it up, you kids. <laughs> oh, I'm the oldest looking baby you've seen. Uh, Giant man baby. But no, I took just had to think because I, I just thought of like Fat Man's cute. And I don't know why, but my brain went to DJ. I'll see you now. Like, hey, hey, baby. <laughs> no, 
I don't know, but like I'm just thinking, ghetto rattle plus big head, and you get ideas flowing. Anyways, so anyway, so this this episode is going to be called tangents. Tangents. Because we are just absolutely going off track. But this this only loosely has a um, sort of a, a structure at the moment. Anyway, so. you were talking about your mastermind business. What yes, happened? I was. See, clearly I went shit because I can't keep focus for more than ten seconds. That's my fault. Um, so. No, I was idiots downstairs. Play a real song, you dickhead. And, <laughs> and um, so, first round, pick scrubs. You now it's a bit of a funny bastard. Um, hopefully, when I get the link, I'll post it. They let you. They let me wear. So there's a, a podcast I listen to called Fake Doctors, Real Friends. It's a scrubs-based podcast with two of the stars of the show, plus Daniel and Joel, the producers. Rewatch old Scrubs episodes, and I ordered a onesie. From them, so it's this big green onesie with Turk and JD's head all over it, Sweet. with pink pockets that says "Fake Doctors, Real Friends," <laughs> and they let me wear that on TV. Nice. And I've rocked up my bald head, this big green. I look. I said to the producers, I said, "I look like a green thermometer or something, don't I?" Pissed herself laughing. She goes, "You look like something, but it's not a thermometer." The wind <laughs> Man, it's in with the producer. And I just looked at it, and I was a smartass. I said, "What do I look like?" Pissed herself. <laughs> And the producer, Mark Fennell, I actually reached out to him after the show and asked him for some ideas. He's done podcasts, all for ABC, BBC, SBS. Very, very, very nice guy. Very, very cluey guy. And he, um, he comes out laughing. He goes, nice onesie. I said, Mark, it's actually a twosie. There's room in here for two, buddy. Come on in. <laughs> Lost got his him, shit. Got him. And in between takes, he's like, you're very funny. This is quite distracting. And when I sat in front of him, I did the old, uh, just drop on the chair like this, and my man titties went up and down. And I looked down and I said, oh, Mark, I'd say I'm about a B-cup. <laughs> he just cracked up. So answer the questions. Had this Scrubs onesie on. And then second round, I got three questions. I was such a dumb shit. You, you went out in second round. Oh, you don't really. It's not a knockout. Just whoever wins, answers. I come third out of four. Oh, well, that's cool. Um, there, there was a girl that was on my episode who got seven of her topic and no general knowledge. I got three. Oh, General knowledge wow. and... The guy who won was an ex-pharmacist. He was, I think he was, <laughs> I think he was seventy. And my so he in, knows a lot of stuff. My intro is like Mitch Kelly, coal miner, credits. <laughs> 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 and um, so I had fun and chatted to him after that. They wanted me to film a little piece for after the show. So maybe I don't know. Maybe they use it. Maybe they won't. I'm not sure. Had a good time. Very lovely staff and yeah. Oh, well, that's cool. Great experience. So I got the head off radio into TV. Into TV. And I said to him, I said, can you, like, when you broadcast, can you do it in perfectly, like, 6x6 and not 6x9? What do you mean? Because my head is perfectly square-shaped. <laughs> you, you give yourself too much shit, Mitch. It's I do. Fine. I do, it's but fine. that's that's because I'm a balding coal miner hey, with a fat head. If there's anyone listening to this that doesn't know what Mitch looks like, you need to look at a television program called The Shield. <laughs> Michael Chicklitz. <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> yep. I'll give your people's elbow. Oh, I'm fine. That's actually a compliment because he's... He gets it done, the ball fella. He does get it done. I always think more like a pudgy Bruce Willis, but whatever. <laughs> Die Hard 5.0. Oh. The Mitchening. So, okay. So there's a part so every week. Ooh. That's not, oh, get that rushes up. Yeah. You from India? Get that India. Is that racist? I hope not. Nah. It's not derogatory. I just love that saying. Old mate doesn't do a poo's voice on The Simpsons anymore because he thinks it's uh, stereotypical and derogatory. Well, did you hear this week that... Um, 
The company. Are we bitching now? Oh, oh fuck off! That's what I'm going to bitch about. Television, fucking people ringing you again. People ringing me while I'm trying to do fucking podcasts. Are we um, are we listening to your phone call or are we in an elevator? This is elevator music. It's the best thing ever. Elevator love. Shout out to Guy Special. Um, every week we get together and we have a pick a topic. Now this week I was hoping, could you join me for the classic having a bitchy with Mitchy? I'll have a bitchy with Mitchy. So. What's something this week that's absolute? So the idea is we take something that pisses us off or has pissed us off recently, and we just have a good old bitch about it. Mine's actually like me. you know what's upset me lately, Mitch. Um, no, we don't. During the pandemic, um, there was a toilet paper shortage, right? And when it happened, I laughed. I bought like a twenty-four pack from Aldi, and it's an epic reminder when you go to the last toilet roll to go and get some more. My dad, right? Generally, how it works? Yes. So I buy this 24-pack, and it's brilliant. It'll last me for about three months. I love it. Yeah, right. It'll last me about a week. But every now and again, you know, you have people come over. I had some girls come and stay with me for a couple of weeks. Oh, what the fuck do they do with it? <laughs> My three-month supply of toilet paper was gone in about a week. It was out of control. Maybe they build a fort with it or something. I don't know. They're in there eating it. What? I don't know what they do with it. It's just gone. And I'm like panicky. You know, it's going to be one of those panic buy scenarios where there's no toilet paper again. And I'm like, if I'm down to one or two rolls, I'll go and buy my thing. I'm good for six months then. You know, three three months. There was there was a bit of one when that um, resurgence in, um, exactly. in Brizzy come out. So... I want to be like the first time the pandemic, and it had to be hush-hush too. Like, I just bought it, and then all of a sudden there was no toilet paper, and I thought, fuck, how many have I got? And I've opened up like 18 rolls. Now, I went through that six weeks of lockdown. <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> kind of looking in your fridge and making sure no one's touched your lunch in the container. But there's people whinging, crying out for toilet paper. I had to be all hush-hush. I didn't want to get hit up. We never knew when the toilet was going to come back. No, no. So, but I kept the go. I sailed through that six weeks without an issue you know I didn't even get through half of that (laughs) my issue is now and this is what I want to bitch about I get panicked when I don't have one of those big uh, packets of toilet paper just in the cupboard it's like reminds me of the Simpsons Barney's like hey Homer when we drink this case we've only got three cases left that's exactly (laughs) what it's like I never felt like this before when we drink this case we've only got three cases left the anxiety you know, I mean, I don't take a shit at home every day. Sometimes you shit at work. Yeah, I don't yeah. really use that much toilet paper, but well, for some I, reason... If I can dump at work, I will. And do you know why? Because you drive a dump truck. You know that there's a, there's a pun in there somewhere. But <laughs> boss makes a dollar. I teach the course people. Remember we said that before. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a pun boss makes a dollar. I make a dime. That's why I poop on company time. <laughs> I don't know where I heard that. Maybe, but yeah, dumping loads and... Well, it's a free 20-minute break, really. <laughs> well, it's... It, we have to... Um, so when we're in the run, so the idea is to keep the gear going. Are you bitching now? Is this your bitching with Mitchie? No, 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 not necessarily. I whinge all the time. Oh. So are you... Um, I'm not finished. I just, I, just, I just feel like the whole pandemic thing and chicks using really... too much toilet paper... That's really upset the apple cart for me, and I have an issue. And um, well, I know what I'm getting you for Christmas now. No paper towel. <laughs> that you can't flush that. It wrecks the sewers. It doesn't disintegrate. That'll give you something to be anxious about. Oh. <laughs> okay, Mitch. I've finished with my bitching. <laughs> I can't. I just can't get through the day if I don't know if I've got toilet paper in the cupboard. 
You know how my pitch is? Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't really, I haven't really had a winch, like, had a thought about it. But on the way up yesterday, I called in to get some fuel. Um, it's, so it's about a, what, a three hour drive-ish coming up ish, for my job. Two and a half. So I'm in, the, I'm in the Hunter Valley, so it's a little bit longer. So as I was coming up, I filled my car up. And people's, I spoke a little bit about the other week, people's like impatient and yeah what pisses me off i guess this week a lot of things do but just blatant ignorance so wait a minute that's that, how are you cranky if they don't know like they don't know yeah but like no, to, the, to, them. to the point where someone cut in line um you know there was the guy in line was standing there he had a a walking stick and like generally me someone who like like that just let them get in get out on their way yeah this woman made an issue, like her husband was in line to pay for the fuel. And then just as he paid and walked away, she cut back in line with it, wanting to pay for a coffee. And this old bloke shaking on his walking stick. It's just like, could have that better. But I don't know if I told you the servo story, have I ever told you the other servo story that happened to me? No, what's the servo story? Sort of like, so one, okay, so the thing that I'm bitching about this week, it's just that those that you th- that society would say like okay this woman's pregnant this guy's an amputee this guy's in a wheelchair so we'll do it we can hold the door open now if you're on public transport let them sit down just stuff like that small i try to do a good deed every day yeah and like this woman could just lined up behind him taking her time ain't not a problem see you later but rudely cut in front of him made an effort to goes, i'm not done yet paid for a thing fucked off it's just like you just shake out of people out yeah anyway so Another time. So I'm at the servo uh, going into Newcastle this one day and I filled my car up. We use Bowser number two. And um, just remember that for a second. So I filled my car, I walked in, he had paper my fuel. And there's a little old lady speaking to the attendant and she asked him, she said, excuse me, can you tell me what the toilet is? He instructed her and goes, sure, it's just over there in the entrance. So as you do, I just get to pass her to get to this guy. Now this guy, the attendant, just instinctively says the number of the Bowser out loud to whoever walks in. He turns to me and he goes, number two? <laughs> and she's heard him. She turns around and goes, no, as a matter of fact, it's number one, you pervert. What the fuck is it to you? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Holy shit. Bang. And like, so, you know when you're at that point where you cannot breathe properly because you're laughing that hard? <laughs> the, the tipping, so the, the icing on the cake was that the fridges are out like, a, like an arc shape, like, like a C. And there was a guy reaching to get a bag of ice with the biggest hair I've ever seen. Where his head was bopping up and down from laughter, you could see where the condensation was wiping off the door. <laughs> and fuck, man. That just there, lost my shit. My uh, footing, my feet went light. I gave this guy the money and he's just there. He's, I've got nothing. I, I don't think how... I don't know if that old lady knew how funny she was at the time. She probably was offended by it. But, but holy shit, man. That was so funny. Excellent. <laughs> anyway, Mitch, thanks for coming to Port Macquarie. Good out. We'll see you next time, eh? Oh, and uh, apparently Carl's wrapping things up. So, anyway, guys, thanks for standing. Thanks, anyways, guys, for listening. <laughs> but, um, no, in, in hindsight, you know, probably going to start to make these things go a little bit shorter. So, thanks for popping on, Carl as he walks off to uh, do whatever he's got to do. Um, yeah, for now, that's episode five of Life's a Mitch. Thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, I'll catch you on the socials. So remember, if you want to write in and um, be involved in the show, send an email to midi underscore 58 at hotmail.co.uk. If you've got any feedback or anything that you want to talk about or 
come on the show, let me know, and I'd be happy to to have a chat with you. Anyways, thanks again. Cheers.